stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, in the interest of disclosure, I didn't vote NDP in 2015. Uh, so far, I would say there's even less reason to want to vote for them in 2019. But my hope is in the next election that people are able to vote for something and not just against something. I think my concern looking at, at the political landscape at the moment is there's a lot of people wanting to vote against something. People are going to vote UCP because they want to vote against the NDP. Or people are going to vote NDP because they want to stop Jason Kennedy and the UCP. And maybe it's naive, but I like to think that, you know, in politics, we can look at ideas and vote for those ideas, vote for a vision and not just to stop somebody or stop some party. But will it be a two horse race? Are those the only choices that matter in the 2019 election? Well, the Alberta party is hoping not. Uh, and they're going through, well, they're going through a lot these days, including obviously a leadership race in the hopes of kind of reinventing and repackaging themselves for the uh, Alberta voting public. So there have been some speculation for some time, I guess, uh, whether we would see a significant leadership race. And it looks as though that's about to happen. And obviously, too, some question about some particular politicians and what their future might hold. It was back in September when uh, Rick Fraser... A longtime MLA for Calgary Southeast decided that he would sit as an independent. Well, as of today, we know a lot more about Rick Fraser's future, and it very much involves the Alberta Party. Joining us on the line is the aforementioned Rick Fraser. Rick, good to talk to you. Welcome to the program. How are you today? Doing very well. Thanks for making some time for us. So uh, it's quite a contrast today. A lot of attention. You got a lot to say. You, you've been lying pretty low in in recent months. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, when I when I decided to sit as an independent, it was a time of uh, reflection for me and my family, and uh, we wanted to do not what was just right for our family, but what we thought was right for my constituents and uh, for Albertans as a whole. And you know, we we pondered a number of different things, and this is the conclusion that we came to after you know some very good discussions with Albertans, not just in the constituency but around the province. And uh, yeah, we're excited to, to launch our leadership campaign today. Well, and there's some common threads here, I guess, in the sense that you decided maybe the uh, new United Conservative Party wasn't a fit for you and making the decision now that the Alberta Party is. So so what have you been seeing and what, what's been your own thought process here? Um, I, I mean, it's pretty easy to see within the legislature and just, uh, you know, just general media, uh, the, I guess, the finger pointing back and forth and... Uh, you know, one party blaming, you know, the history of the Conservatives, whether they be federally or, or the progressive Conservatives. And, and now, you know, everybody's shooting back, you know, in those particular groups at the at the current government. And, you know, what I see as a legislator, not everything in the legislature and in policy is completely broken. There are certainly things that I disagree with. Uh, but I think we need to have a healthy, uh, you know, uh, open discord about these type of things and uh, make sure that we're articulating it in a way that people feel comfortable to come together uh, and make sure their voices are heard without being disrespected or bullied. A lot of people wonder, though, because I believe you made the choice to leave the UCP before the leadership race had concluded or, or before. I mean, they still haven't done a, a policy convention either, but, but you felt maybe you'd, you'd seen enough at that point? Uh, and I did. I, you know, I made a commitment to give it a try and uh, just sitting in there and just watching how uh, policy may develop. And I think we saw, you know, some clear, 
some clear indication, uh, you know, that, you know, for me, for at least me, uh, you know, when it came to Bill 24, that I had made the right decision based on how the, the, the caucus was whipped in, into uh, voting against it. Um, and, you know, for me uh, right now, the future is about uh, looking forward and making sure that we present uh, sustainable policies, not policies that are just beneficial for one political party or one particular politician. On both sides of the spectrum, it's, it should be about policies that go beyond Rick Fraser, go beyond the party politics. And I think that's something that Albertans can get behind. At least that's what I'm hearing, is that they want common sense solutions, pragmatic solutions without all the vitriol and the finger pointing. You know, people want to go to work and know that there's confidence that when they're raising their kids and their families in this province, that for years to come, they're not going to have to worry about uh, policies that may or may not benefit them. So what do you see in the Alberta Party? What, what attracted you to them? Uh, well, I've had an opportunity, especially over the last three months, just to sit as an independent and you know speak with Greg Clark more freely and uh, organizers in the Alberta Party. And uh, their, their values and uh, their, their vision is very similar to mine, and I hope I can bring some new ideas that help bolster the party and uh, attract members. Uh, but, you know, we're very similar. You know, just I'll use Greg Clark as an example. We're both family men. He's raising young kids. My kids are getting a little bit older. If you saw the press release, they're almost my size. But, um, yeah, it's, to me it's about family and, again, making sure that we have a prosperous, uh, uh, inclusive province uh, well into the future. Do you consider yourself like a, a centrist, a progressive, a progressive conservative? I mean, do you, do you apply the, any of these labels to yourself? Um, you know, I, I, yeah, if you want to call myself a centrist, I certainly was a progressive arm of the of the Conservative Party. Um, I do believe in fiscal responsibility. I think it's important. I think we've seen the outcomes when, when you're not fiscally responsible uh, or prudent, but I also believe, too, that in order for government to make some headway, we, you know, investing in certain services will create beneficial outcomes because you actually create efficiencies through doing that. And so to bring ideas like that to the table and also talk about, you know, the longevity, uh, what's the sustainability of our economy if we continue to focus on one industry versus trying to build on what, where we are right now in the situation that's facing oil and gas. Uh, you know, it's clear to me that it's technology that's going to grow the oil sands. And I think there's a great opportunity with young entrepreneurs in this province, uh, you know, to help them uh, attract people, whether from Silicon Valley and other places, uh, you know, to bolster the economy. And, you know, again, it's ideas like that. And I'm hoping, you know, to recruit other people, not just to join my team, but, uh, you know, once I win the leadership, to bring people uh, into the fold like that. And so that's the goal. That's the aim. And, uh, we, uh, again, I think that's going to create sustainable policies, particularly when it comes to our economy uh, uh, that also protects our environment. Uh, I think that's important. Well, it's a, take the carbon tax, for example. I mean, the, the NDP brought in their version of the carbon tax. It hasn't been uh, very popular. The UCP has made it pretty clear that they don't want any part of any carbon tax. Is, is there room for, in your view, some kind of, of pricing on carbon? Has the NDP got it wrong, though? Uh, well, certainly, I think the way that the NDP has rolled out their climate leadership plan, <clears throat> I think that... Uh, it wasn't fully developed. I know that they've spoken to experts and and, and you know, they've done some due diligence on parts of it. But I think there is a better way to implement a price on carbon. And, you know, it's not lost on me that the Progressive Conservative Party that I was a part of had a price on carbon for heavy emitters. And so we were down, well down the road in terms of trying to address the economy. And I think the NDP were... Um, 
uh, you know, them implementing it in the way they implemented, I think there is a better way. And I think, uh, you know, kicking the can down the road in terms of not doing anything about the climate is only going to be more costly for future uh, generations uh, in terms of what they pay and what a carbon tax might look down the road and or whether it comes to their health and safety. So I think uh, th- there's an opportunity for a better plan. Uh, Greg Clark, uh, as leader, did mused about the possibility of, of a provincial sales tax, and maybe we need to get serious about this, this huge gulf that exists between revenue and spending in Alberta. Maybe his realization that, uh, you know, we, we need to take a balanced approach here. We need to address both revenue and spending. Where, where do you come down on that question? Uh, I, think, I think it's an excellent question. I think that uh, in government, and again, I'll just go back to to uh, the ideologies that we're seeing right now uh, within the government and, and the official opposition. They continue to go back to playbooks uh, that were created generations ago from a political pers- uh, perspective. And I think in Alberta, we need to be open to all discussions of how we're going to address revenue in this province, how we're going to create prosperity, uh, and while doing that, take care of the environment and create inclusivity because uh, ultimately uh, when people are divided, it doesn't matter how good your economy is or what kind of programs you begin because there's just that type of angst uh, in your community. And I think we've seen jurisdictions where that's happening already playing out. So I think it's important. And again, I hope to bring uh, a vision uh, that I can articulate, that, that people can believe in, uh, that, that includes everybody. On social issues, uh, and, and I think, you know, the debate around Bill 24 became, uh, unfortunately, divisive. I, it, I mean, it seemed like something that, that politicians could have and should have got behind. You did support that bill. Obviously, the UCP decided they would oppose it. Is that a big difference that you see now between where you're at, where the Alberta, Bar- Alberta Party's at, and where, where the UCP is? Well, I, I'll just speak from my perspective. As I went through the bill with my staff, and again, being a parent, uh, we're a family of faith. Uh, we think it's important, no matter what, that you respect people. And ultimately, the bill was an amendment to the School Act that was going to protect kids' privacies. And, you know, we, we heard the machinations of, uh, you know, people saying, well, the, the government's going to take advantage of this bill, you know. Uh, and then on the other spectrum, if somebody was uncomfortable asking a question that somehow they're a homophobe, and you, know, you see right there that it no longer became about trying to protect children. It became about trying to draw political lines in the sand and labeling people with certain things. And we know these type of issues in society are complex and have been complex for a long time, and they're never going to go away. We need to make sure that as politicians and as people in the community that we continue to be vigilant, to have conversations, open conversations, honest conversations that where people feel comfortable to come to the table, even if they disagree with it or they agree with it, because ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to serve this province better. And, and again, w- with policies moving forward, that's what I hope we try to achieve in this province. I think it's possible. I think Albertans, uh, again, lifelong Albertan. My family goes back 100 years. Um, my dedication to public service is directly because of my family background. And so it's, it is. We, I think we can do things better. I know we can, and we're going to try to get there. All right, Fraser4Alberta.ca is the website, and I believe end of February is when the leader's chosen? Yep. All right. Well, Rick, all the best to you, and uh, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Take care. All right. Rick Fraser, as of today, the Alberta Party MLA for Calgary Southeast, and also as of today, the latest entry into the Alberta Party leadership race. We're expecting tomorrow to be the launch for former Edmonton Mayor, another former PCMLA, Stephen Mandel. 
He's expected to jump into the race as well. So clearly there are some former PC MLAs and members who feel as though maybe they don't fit into the new United Conservative Party and see the Alberta Party as a more natural fit for them. So is it a case of the Alberta Party drawing in these people? Is it a case of, uh, you know, these former cabinet ministers and MLAs and strategists taking over the Alberta Party? I think a lot of people see it that way, too. 403-974-8255. Your thoughts on Rick Fraser, his decision, and where you see the Alberta Party fitting in in the next election, or whether they'll be a factor at all. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.